welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Focused on providing valuable information for anyone looking to undertake a new build or extension project. We'll share our tips, tricks and stories from a building designer's perspective. Welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. I'm your host, Amelia, and once again, we're joined by Frank Geskus. Hey, Amelia. Happy Friday. I'm getting in first this time. You are getting in (laughs) first. Happy Friday. What are we talking about today? I thought I'd talk about upper story additions to houses. We've done a few of those. Yeah, I've done a little bit. It's not as popular as it used to be, but it's still a very cool thing to do in the right circumstances and very effective. It is very expensive now, the way the cost of construction is heading, especially with scaffolding and a whole bunch of other stuff. But I still love doing them. I'm amazed how they can change a whole house. You go from a single storey, it's pretty normal. I've done it to the old A.V. Jennings homes from the 70s and turn them into something modern because you've changed the whole shape, you know, and the windows and... Uh, the outdoor spaces and the living spaces and the view and, and you can design them better for the sun, the views and it, it's utterly amazing the transformation. Oh, it completely changes the whole aesthetic. It does and the functionality of it if you design the flow. The flow is king. Every house, there's a flow. It's just got to function well and I've seen some wonderful renovations that have not flowed very well, you know, think like walls and internal rooms until bathrooms and really not well thought out i think they kind of just took out walls and put up stuff and just just doesn't flow nice so when you're doing upper story the obviously the smaller sites funnily enough are a good place to start because if you don't have much land you want to maintain the land you go up so that, that's got a great benefit you might have a view up there i did one for a client they weren't sure if they had a view or not and i brought my drone there and we set the heights in the drone took it up to eye level of say if you're standing on an upper floor in there and they still didn't get a view so that made them think well it's not worth the money or the effort other times definitely is but it was just a nice easy exercise to do for them to understand what you're going to see from up there Mm, that's very cool yeah if you buy an older house that needs a little bit of love it could also be of a great benefit too if if the intention is to turn it into the family home and you want to be in the area that's a perfect way of doing it as well you mentioned that uh putting a second story onto a new home is not recommended it's pretty tough it's really really tough so when we're talking about new home we're probably looking at something that's been built in the last 20 years they have trust roofs they have a possibly a pine frame, an MGP-10, which is the least strength of uh, timber that's available out of the tree to radiata pine. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the product, but it is what it is. It, it's cost-effective. And you can certainly use it to do two-storey homes, but when you have to retrofit it, you know, they might only have a single double plate. This is all getting into the frame. But also what we found, because they've got roof trusses, if you take out a roof truss to put an upper storey in, you're going to lose your whole ceiling. Mm, that's because true. Because the truss is one piece. You can cut the trusses and leave the bottom cord of the truss, but you've got to support it. So you're kind of juggling, holding up a ceiling, putting your floor in, 
We like using floor trusses because they give nice big spans out of them. It also can run the plumbing and electrical nice and easily. Floor trusses are your friend when it comes to upper story extensions. But new home might be spanning too far and floor trusses generally can only go about 7.2 metres. Your house may be wider than that. Now, with the new homes too, the internal walls are not load-bearing. So in most modern homes in the last 20 years, the load-bearing walls are on the perimeter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's why trusses. Trusses can span. Man, they can span a long ways. Roof trusses are brilliant. I, I just love how you got MyTech, Prider, and all these guys have developed these software packages to design roof trusses for hip roofs, gable roofs. They're all the different type of basic roofs. It's amazing how far we can span. We've done up to 16 metres, just clear span, timber roof trusses. Beautiful That's thing. awesome. Yeah, but they're not loading on anything in the middle. Okay. So that means the slab or footings have generally not been designed to carry additional any weight. More, any more floor load. They might only be just for floor only, not for roof and floor, definitely not for another floor and roof and the rest of it on top. So that's where you need a good advice from a structural engineer on those, finding the original drawings. So the reason they design houses that way is purely under cost. Sure. So it certainly makes it a lot difficult to go up on, on the newer homes. If you get an older one, I'm talking probably uh, late 70s down, they're great to build on, usually hardwood frames. The roofs are pitched, which means they're not a truss. They've got bits of sticks of timber everywhere holding up your roof. They're a lot easier to work with, and they have ceiling joists that keep your ceiling in place. The footings back then were generally okay, still need to have it assessed, but generally they're a lot easier to work with. But the biggest trick, though, is, like I said before, is the flow and getting the the staircase in the right spot. I was about to ask about the staircase because that takes up a fair bit of room. Yeah. Well, under the regs, there's a minimum width that we have to have. So then there's minimum rise, you know, the step up and then the size of the going, we call it, or the foot, you know, where you put your foot on the stair. There's a minimum dimension you need. But also, rather than a minimum, you really want to have a comfortable stair. So it's nice and comfortable to use. Plus, to be fair, you want to be able to get stuff up the stairs too. If you make them too narrow, it's hopeless trying to get in a bed or a couch upstairs. Oh, that's a nightmare. Yeah. So on average, your stair, depending on how they are, whether a straight run or they return back on themselves or an L shape or something like that, they will take approximately four to four and a half metres. Well, let's show you one returns on itself. So you go up and you do a 180 degree turn and returns. You're looking at about... 1.8 to 2 metres in width to do it comfortably and you're looking at about 3 to 3.5 metres in length subject to your landing size to do it comfortably. You can do them a little bit tighter and everyone comes to us and talks, oh, can I do a spiral staircase? Have you tried to get a, a couch up a spiral staircase? Uh, yeah, it's next to <laughs> hopeless that is. But even then, I, I, I'm personally not a fan because I find them a little bit unsafe. Very easy to slip on. I agree. They but that, yeah. it's a personal choice. I've seen it done and we've done a few of them. And they've been happy with that. They they take a little bit less space, but they're not as good as what people think because of how you enter the stair and where it exits the stair. at the top of the spiral staircase may not be aligned how you want it. So there's just things to consider there too. I, I personally like the big open stairs. You can put a nice big window in the end of it and let lots of light in as well. So we mentioned I mentioned before flow. You know, everything's about the flow. The position of those stairs are really critical 
from how you interact with the stair on the lower floor than how it exits at the top and the upper floor. You want it to be able to open up into an open space that's easy. It could be just bedrooms up there, so it might come up into a hall, hallway or an access space. It may open up into a living space, and you've got to be careful where you've got to put it in the living space because you don't want to put it up in front of your view. Mm, that's true. A reason I say that because I've actually seen it. You mentioned that you've seen a few that were not very well designed. Oh, I'm looking at it going, what were you thinking? So you're sitting in your chair, you're looking at the view, and there's a balustrade. Going across. Going across in oh. front of the windows. Even though it was a glass balustrade, yeah, but it was okay. going in front of the windows. And I'm going, did anyone even think about this? Yeah. So I think you just don't put it in front of the, the view that you want to look out of. I just don't understand that. So that that's what you you expect from your designer to be able to think of and also work around. Same with upper floor extension. You might put your living area up there, you know, your kitchen, dining, lounge room. Look at the view. Then you want to think about where you put the toilet. Yes, very true. Okay. Everyone thinks about that, but you really want to have an upper storey toilet. But where do you put it when you've got an open plan living? Yeah, you don't normally like putting a toilet off a living area. No, you don't, do you? No, it doesn't make much sense. To be fair, you don't want to you want to want to keep running down the toilet to go to the dunny, do you? Oh no. And and forth. So it makes sense you've got to put one. So then you've got to try and integrate it into it, and it's not that easy. And then it usually gets wrapped around where the kitchen is. So there again, there are rules about having a toilet near a kitchen facility. It can be overcome, but you've just got to think about it. Plus, to be fair, and I'm going to throw this one out there, if you've got a toilet upstairs and you've had a bad curry... and <laughs> <laughs> You sound like you've got some experience. No, I'm not going there, but like, <laughs> no one likes the noise out of a toilet near a living area or a kitchen. Yeah, no, that's very true, yes. Just saying. You, you know? wanted it at the far end of the house. Yeah, there's only so, much, soundproof- so yeah. much soundproofing you can do as well because there's always gaps around the door. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the new design turn, feature turn, we need to add. Turn the sound of the telly up. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe we need to add soundproofing to the No, to but the it room. only does so much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, things to consider and how you uh, integrate that and sometimes it could be you put a little powder like a sink on the outside of it so you've got walls and hiding the door away so it's not within view. But it takes space to do that. So upper story extensions, you've got to think of that, you know. Yeah. Uh, we have that with new homes too when you consider those, those things. So it, it depends how you want to use the space. I highly recommend if you've got a good view, upper story extensions are fantastic. But then think about it when you, if you're doing a whole new living area. That means downstairs, what do you turn your living area into? It could be master bedroom, ensuite, but then how does the front door work? So there's all these little challenges. Are there height restrictions sometimes? With? With adding a second storey? Under planning schemes, yeah. The, the, in Tasmania specifically, we have a thing called an envelope. We've got a maximum height, but they put this in the general residential. They have an envelope that goes over the site. So that may dictate how your roof is designed and what type of roof. And it's not hard to punch through that so then if you fit within it and you meet the uh, acceptable solution under the planning scheme that means it goes through nice and smoothly but if it goes through that you probably end up having to do shadow diagrams let's see how it affects the neighboring property it would be like like a performance solution well yeah then you've got to go for a performance solution 
on that. And then neighbours have got more right to object to that as well. Sure. You know, so those things are considered. So height it has got a big bearing on that. So a couple of traps that I want to point out. A lot of people think that you can just pop it on top and there's no ramifications. I've renovated downstairs already and I want to put my extension on top. I said before, old houses that need a bit of love are perfect for this. Because if you're putting something on top, you're going to have to strengthen up downstairs. And that's usually about bracing it up a little bit further. You're cutting holes through the floor. There's a bit of structural work. So you've got to stiffen this thing up so it's quite suitable to handle the wind load and whatnot. So you don't want to renovate downstairs because you're going to have to replaster where you have to go in and brace the walls. Little things you've got to consider with that. That's a good point. Because you don't want to do it twice. Oh, definitely not. It's a waste of money. Oh, of course. So you just want to, you want to have one crack at it. And whether you like it or not, you're going to crack your plaster. Yeah, okay. So just with the movement or? Movement, building works, going above. And you've got to, you know, you really want to do it in spring and summer to be able to do this work. Rain may affect the work. You're going to pop the roof off or part of the roof off. They can only build the upper storey within a certain speed, so it might be fully exposed for a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it may be, before it's actually watertight. So those things have to be considered as well. And the builder can't, can only control what they can control and the size of the tarps and things like that. There's a lot of double handling to keep the place waterproof while they're building it. But I've seen some wonderful setups. The guys, where they've got it so well planned, they get it watertight in about five days. Oh, that's awesome. Really fast. But it comes at a cost there as well. Also... Upper storey extensions are quite expensive. So you lose nearly two-thirds of a bedroom on your lower floor, so you've lost that in the footprint of the house. Then when you go upstairs, you've got to lose the same space because that's your access for the stairs. Sure. So it can be a little bit counterproductive. So if you're going to go upstairs, make it a decent one. And the cost of the scaffolding nowadays is, yeah, very, very high. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, and obviously you want everyone to be safe, so there's a big cost with scaffolding. Things to look out for is get the good advice from a designer and an engineer to be able to do an upper storey extension. And it could be well worthwhile doing it. You know, it could really increase the value of your house. But it's like any extension renter, you've got to consider how long am I going to be there for to justify the cost of this. Yeah, I know one that we did probably in the last year or two. It was actually a retired couple. Yep. And they put in a second story, but they added a lift inside their their house as well. It was a very smart idea. Yeah, yeah. Just as they got older, obviously, that's something that they needed to accommodate for. They've still got the steps in there. Of course, you need to have the stairs. You're not allowed not to have them. So, yeah, lift gives you that accessibility. Yeah. And it's a good idea. And that leads on to if, if you're going to put a lift in, then you've got to think of the rest of the house. For If you're getting older, why wouldn't you then, improve, if you're doing a decent reno, why wouldn't you improve the rest of the house to suit you going into old age and you don't know what limitations, your physical limitations or visual limitations you're going to have and how you can improve the house, specifically bathrooms, so you can fit bars in there and removable shower screens and things like that. So then it's well prepared for you to stay as long as possible in your house. I think that's definitely something recommended to speak about with your designer as well. Yep, totally. On those sort of things. Yeah, I would 
Yeah, again, talk to your designer. It would be very cost-effective to do it earlier on rather than later. If you're researching a house or looking to buy and then renovate, do some of that because the location going up is quite an attractive option. It can also be ideal because you put garages, if there's a space, garage one side and build over the top of that as well. We've done other ones where they needed the garage, did the upper story and slot and extended part over the house as well. Even a nice uh, deck or balcony. Yep, that can work very nice. That nicely. can look really nice. Yes, uh, especially if you've got views. Definitely, definitely. But uh, when you do those, you want to make it a carport as well. Highly recommend you put some uh, roof sheeting underneath it. So when you're on your deck, you've got your wine, spill your wine, doesn't land up on the car. <laughs> Priorities, Frank. Well, it's practical. <laughs> <laughs> as if anyone's going to spill their wine. Someone else said that to me as well. <laughs> and says, oh, no. Nobody wastes the wine. <laughs> no, that is true. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, then I suggested getting a kiddies cup. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, it's, uh, but accidents happen, don't they? Yes, and the more wine you have, probably the more wobbly you become. So. Yeah, true, true. So, yeah, it, lots of considerations. Um, but doing up a story, and one of the big things is like having a deck, a nice deck to the view. It's great. Oh, yeah, definitely, especially, uh, you know, beaches. Yep. Mountain views. Well, even like we're here City in, views. Like we're in Launceston, or same with Hobart and even Burnie and a few other places like that. We're all, you know, in a valley or on the side of a hill. We've always got views. Oh, definitely. Why not capitalise on those? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So the takeaways. Yeah, what are the takeaways, as always? Well, talk to a designer or your engineer to see if it's worth doing, you know. It's certainly worth investigating going up. But there is a cost implication of it as well. It's it's quite a bit more than doing a normal extension. But it could be well worthwhile, it could be a great investment. It's more longer term investment, I would suggest. Yeah, depending on what you want to achieve, you know, if in the right location, the kids go in school, could be perfect for that. Oh, definitely. Again, it's also choosing the right house, whether it's suitable or not. That's the the key is suitability of the house to do the upper storey extension. And the size, the size of the house, does that have any bearing? Oh, yes and no. If it's an older house, it actually will work fine because the internal walls are generally low bearing. So <clears throat> it's not too bad. The new houses are probably the stumbling block. Size of house doesn't always cause a major problem if it's an older house, but the new ones are a challenge. But that's what, what it is and that's why I'm giving the advice now. That's exactly right. I mean... I wouldn't have known that a new house would be more difficult yeah, to do. Well, for the last 20, do. 30 years, yeah, well, 40 years. Yeah, you've just got to understand what type of house you have and whether it's easy to do or not. And also, don't expect to live in the house when they're doing this, Reno. No, definitely So you not. might be able to stay there for a point. I, I remember one where they stayed in the house for quite a while until they were about to crack the roof, get it waterproof. They didn't do the stairs or anything. They worked from the outside. And then come the last, I think it was three or four weeks, they were able to get all the plumbing to work and everything without going inside. And then it was just putting the staircase in and ripping out the floor walls for the staircase. I'm and guessing and you have to move like a fair bit of your stuff out of the oh, house too. I big, highly it's recommend a, it. A big, yeah, you know, It's, it's big a big thing. thing. It's, yeah. Look, to be fair, you're better off just getting out. Yeah. But that's, there again, there's a big cost. Oh, definitely. But that's no different if you're doing a big reno too on your house. You've got to move out. You've got to let the builders go nuts and just work efficiently and work to their program. As soon as they've got to double handle stuff, the cost goes up. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, we might wrap it up there, Frank. Okay. But 
That was the Building Design Primetime Podcast. We'll see you again next time. Catch you later. Listening to the Building Design Prime Time Podcast. 